have the Ayatollah of Fantasy Rock and Roll with us today, Adam Rank. How are you doing, Rank? They look great in person, and I uh, just can't wait to next year where we can pack it full of 25000 Hey, Bob, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. I didn't know it was Ball Guy's day. It was being ranked. I mean, how do you look? This is the Dynasty Vipers Vipercast. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Dynasty Vipers Vipercast. This is episode 174, presented by the Fantasy Points Media Group. As always, I am joined by Major Caldwell and Tara Roberts. And on today's show, we are going to talk about legal tampering and the NFL free agency calendar, which officially turned the page into 2023. We're not going to get cute with the introduction. We're going to get right into the news and notes. But Major, Tara, how are you all doing tonight? I'm doing fantastic-ish. But we'll call it fantastic for the purposes of the show. I'm good, is the legal man. tampering period not the greatest of all time when it comes down to this? Is like the biggest right before the NFL draft kicks into place. I mean, this has got to be it right now, right? We're seeing everything got to go down. We're seeing moves being made. We're seeing things that make sense, and we're seeing things that make absolutely no sense. I'm looking at you, Las Vegas. But before we get into there, let's talk about some things that kind of already happened here as we got to this legal ta- legally tampering period. Starting with the Chicago Bears dealing that number one overall pick to the Carolina Panthers. Not only do they get pick number nine, they get a second round this year, a first round next year, which could be a very high first round pick next year, and a second round pick, I think, in 2025, as well as DJ Moore to pair him with Darnell Mooney, to pair him with Cole Komet, to give Justin Fields another competent wide receiver. Tara, I'm going you here first. Yeah, mm. <laughs> hater. When we go here, Tara, what are we feeling? How are we feeling about Justin Fields heading into 2023 right now? Oh, I mean, I was already all in on Justin Fields is is one of my guys for 2023, and now I feel like he's probably going to be everybody's guy for 2023 uh, because this was fantastic. I mean, the Chicago Bears are just doing everything so right around him. You know, getting him DJ Moore. And then on top of that, they're adding all the pieces around him. It's not just about adding the weapons. They're building the team as a whole, the offensive line, the defense they're bringing up as well. So, I mean, they, they're just, I love it for them. The trade was fantastic. I love the haul they got back. Getting DJ Moore was huge, massive. Mm-hmm. And now they've got all this money to spend. They're freewheeling, just, you know, making it rain on everyone, making <laughs> signing free agents. So I love this. This is, um, they're going the right direction. Go figure. Good teams get themselves a good wide receiver to pair them with their young quarterback. Buffalo Bills did this. They got Stefan Diggs for Josh Allen. We saw the Philadelphia Eagles do this with A.J. Brown and Jalen Hurts. We've seen the Baltimore Ravens do this with Lamar Jackson. Wait, they have not done that to help Lamar Jackson <laughs> at all. <laughs> my, my mistake which is probably sure. reason major that lamar jackson became his own agent here and kind of tweeted a little under the radar tweet that might have gone missed on what day on monday tuesday i think it was tuesday the tweet went out he went down three 133 all guaranteed who needs an agent major i know you are the biggest proponent of players getting paid now i don't know if this is going to be the contract when it's all said and done we haven't seen nothing official on it but if you're lamar jackson how are you feeling? You're a one. You're getting paid if this is the case, but b your team is still not surrounding you with anything to work with. 
that's the part I think he really needs to focus on is put some stipulation in the contract saying that, hey, maybe I will take a little bit of a discount if we are surrounding my uh, surrounding me with receivers and tight ends and running backs and O-line and whatever else we need because it seems like they've really been just uh, putting all the work on him. And I think that's not, that's a recipe that's not going to work. You know, he's not going to last that long, you know, running the way that he does or has, has to. Um, no, but if I'm him, you know, being his own agent, doing his thing, like, you know, turn it down and see what they do. Like, and I like how they playing, he's playing the media against, uh, or the fans actually, he's playing the fans against the, uh, the team. So he's putting the tweets out there, letting people know like, Hey, this is what they offer me and let people talk about it and kind of see what the buzz is. And he's kind of using that as a negotiation uh, tactic. So I'm, I'm all for it, man. I think players should be their own agent. Why, why should you give 20, maybe 40% of your, of your earnings to someone who's just sitting down making the deal? Like, I don't understand, especially when they have tears and everything and all this other stuff that the NFL has to make sure players get paid. So well, not everyone can be like Aaron Rodgers, where you're the current quarterback of the Green Bay Packers, the current owner of the Chicago Bears, and the <laughs> current GM of the New York Jets, Tara. I mean, is Aaron Rodgers going to be Broadway bound? And are we loving things in Green Bay? Uh, yeah, he's definitely Broadway bound. Um, good luck to the Jets. I I, I wish Aaron nothing but the best. Uh, do not sound like it. It no 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 I do I do it's just like it <laughs> the laundry list of you know I need this 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 and this I believe I do believe that that actually is happening with him so that one is just um mm, it's a little bit interesting in terms of uh, certain requirements to be traded but uh, but hopefully it all works out for him I do in fact wish him the best and I I you know regardless I think this is going to be a good thing for them I think that this makes them competitive in the playoffs I do not think that this makes them a Super Bowl winning team unfortunately I just don't really see that in terms of the direction that they can head in the AFC um again you know we look at the two different conses or conferences if this this was the NFC that he was going to and the Jets had this same build then yeah I would look at this and say this is a highly competitive team but I mean I I'm not feeling like this is something that is going to push the Jets right over that tipping point to where they're going to win a Super Bowl. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, for the Packers, yeah, loving things. I mean, I think this is what you need. At some point, you have to move on right. and you have to see where Jordan Love is going to be. He's had plenty of time to prep. He has had plenty of time to develop. And now we're going to see quickly whether or not he's someone that can actually be a starting quarterback in the NFL. What I would like to see, hopefully, is that if we're looking at uh, Alan Lazard being added to the Jets, hopefully that means that maybe there's a little kickback that's coming back to the Packers in terms of a receiving weapon, because I would feel a lot more better about Jordan Love and his prospects if he had something other than just Christian Watson. There needs to be something else within that receiving core. So hopefully they're able to put something around him in order to help him succeed. So we'll see how it works out, but I don't feel negatively about either one of the situations would it not be the ultimate troll job of the green bay packers to select another wide receiver in the first round as they trade <laughs> aaron Rodgers? it would and like why in, and in this year the irony of that where there's not a ton of 
wide receiver one quality um, options out there. So, yeah. <laughs> I just find it funny. I, mean, I, I feel, I think I've seen this on Twitter someone. Someone kind of talked about the negotiations between Aaron Rodgers and, and the New York Jets as basically Aaron Rodgers. Remember that Ace Ventura scene where he's interrogating the guy and he like takes a dinner fork and he starts scraping it really loud against the knife and they try to get, I want Alan Lazard. No, 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 no. And then he starts poking his one eye like this. Yeah, poking like, is. Yeah. And the guy goes, okay, okay, I give, I give. I'll talk. <laughs> That's what I feel like Aaron Rodgers is basically, or he's just showing him his feet. I mean, we know Aaron Rodgers has no problem showing people his big toes, so maybe that's the biggest <laughs> difference maker. Now, a couple trades that are going down here. These will come back a little bit later as we discuss some of these other legal tampering moves, but I put out a tweet a little bit earlier there that basically once Jacoby Myers signed with the Raiders, that basically meant that Darren Waller and or Hunter Renfro would be soon dealt. Well, it didn't take long before Darren Waller was dealt, and he's becoming a New York Giant. Now, if you look on Sport Track there, Darren Waller, he's sitting at about 11.1, 11.8, 12, 13, and 15 million as his cap hit until 2026 when he becomes a free agent in 2027. Now, I'm not too sure how I feel yet about the Raiders. I'll talk about this. I'll circle back to this a little bit later when we talk about the Jacoby Myers news. But as we look at this for the Giants, Tara, how are we feeling about this for the New York Giants, giving Daniel Jones a wide receiver, a big wide receiver that can play the slot? Are we feeling that for the New York Giants? This was an excellent move for the Giants. Uh, huge win for them. Obviously, you know, Waller, when you, you know, compare the contract and look at the, um, let's say the franchise tag cost that we have for, like, say, Evan Ingram right now, you're looking at that and saying, you know, Waller is, you know, fairly cost effective. He's this is not an overblown contract. Um, he's still got some years left in him. Obviously, there's the injury concern there. But again, they still have Daniel Bellinger, who, you know, filled in admirably last year. So if something goes sideways, they've still got that. But I think this was a great move for them. You know, it, there's not a lot of receivers in the, you know, free market or the free agent market that you can really invest in right now. You have to make a move via trade. Not a lot of huge options out there that aren't going to be massive um, hits to your cap. And this was a good move to kind of get that hybrid, like you were saying, somebody who you can take that Travis Kelsey approach with and make him your number one target. And you've obviously got a lot of, um, you know, smaller pieces in there that can fill and perform very well next year. Add in maybe a young receiver in the draft. And I think they're looking pretty good right now and should be poised for a repeat in the playoffs. You mentioned that. You mentioned that free agency for the wide receivers. What is still out there is Juju Smith-Schuster, Odell Beckham Jr., DJ Chark, Paris Campbell, Nicole Hardman, Darius Slayton, Jarvis Landry, Olamide Zacchaeus, I mean, Marvin Jones Jr. This is where we're going with these wide receivers. This is why it's important that you probably are better off trading for a wide receiver at this point because outside of Odell Beckham Jr., and I still got my reservations about him, I'm not blown away by anyone to make a big difference. Now, we love DJ Chark on this show. I like Chark, yeah. And he could be that guy, but he's not that guy. He's not that alpha uh, wide receiver, that alpha pass catcher, that guy who demands those targets. He's that field stretcher, and he's going to make his hay that way. But Major, another wide receiver who is available, but now he's visiting the Carolina Panthers, is former Minnesota Viking Adam Thielen. Can he be a difference maker there in Carolina, assuming the Panthers have a rookie quarterback lining up week one of the 2023 season? No. Um... 
I think he's a little bit past his prime. Like I think it's a it's a wrap. He he will be a good streamer, tight end. I mean, uh, receiver for any for a year, maybe to, to showing all the other receivers how to be professional, what to do, all that good stuff. He's going to be a great coach for anybody they bring into that organization. But if we're thinking that he's going to be the Thielen of Paz, I don't want to see all that extra stuff you're doing down there, Tara. But uh, <laughs> you, you can't convince me that he has any juice left in the tank. Like he, he will give you a game or two. Don't get me wrong. He will have a couple hundred-yard games, but it's not the same Thielen as he was, especially playing with who at quarterback. We don't even know yet, right? Tara, counterpoint? Uh, counterpoint is that his statistics from last year were on par with the last several years. The only thing that was the difference is that touchdowns were down. But again, that's very explainable when you look at the rise of Justin Jefferson. So, I mean, from that perspective, I, I think he still has it. I didn't see any kind of nothing to me scream drop off in his actual um, in his actual production on the field. It was only the touchdown. So I think he's a perfect candidate to step into a situation where he can be a solid, stable veteran for a young quarterback to come in and be able to rely on. I'm not saying he's going to be like, I'm not saying he's going to be Justin Jefferson, but I think he can still be the same Adam Thielen. You can't be the same Adam Thielen when you're always hurt now. Like he's always an ankle is always a knee is always a something is always something going on now. Like little Nick's he's never a hundred percent anymore. Mm. I think that might have been, we will we'll see what happens here the next season, right? We've seen players who've had off years based on their age, come back, bounce back, have a good year. I, I like this. If this is the direction that Carolina is going in, they're not asking him to be a alpha wide receiver. They're asking him to be a solid wide receiver too. As far as fantasy is concerned, who's going to be a, probably a better flex option than not. And he's going to be that security blanket for a young quarterback, whether that's an Anthony Richardson, whether that's a CJ Strode, whether that's a Bryce Young, right? You need to get that dependable target. And there's not very many more, de- more dependable wide receivers than Adam Thielen. He's not going to stretch the field, but he's going to make the quarterback's job easy. It's not going to be a big down the field kind of stuff. But it's going to be the stuff outside the numbers where Adam Thielen's all he's done. He's not going to be able to stretch the field. Carolina, they're still going to need to find someone to do that. I don't think it's Terrace Marshall, and I don't think it's Tommy Treble there. Sorry, Major, I know you're a big Tommy Treble guy, but I still have yet to see him explode there for Carolina. They still need someone out there, especially after letting DJ Moore go. Right. I mean, he's going, like you said, he's not the wide receiver one, but as we stand today, he is. The, he would be the wide receiver one on that team. He played I 17 think, games last season. I know, but he wasn't there. He wasn't 100%. Like, he was always little ailments and stuff where he couldn't be 100%, like, give you his full uh, arsenal, I guess. I think he was fine. Okay. Well, his numbers wasn't fine then, so I'll try to help him out, but you're saying. 70 receptions, 700 yards, six touchdowns. I mean, that's that's fine. That's fine. That's a stable veteran that will be good for a young quarterback. I you know, like the best this. part is if Juju Smith Schuster did that, everyone would be praising him. Just saying. <laughs> now, <laughs> you're right. Yeah. That's so terrible. Why do you have to bag now, Juju like that? Come on now. Juju hate always. <laughs> this is an anti Smith Schuster show. I mean, yeah. at least on at least like in this Juju corner of the show. <laughs> now, one move that I I absolutely love right now this legal tampering. 
is watching a team like the Eagles that are a powerhouse last year. You lose perhaps one of their best players to another powerhouse. Javon Hargrave signing with the San Francisco 49ers. Major Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, Javon Hargrave. If you are Cam Akers, if you are, I don't even know anyone else, uh, James Conner, if you're a running back in that NFC West, how do you run the ball? No one's going to be able to run the ball on the 49ers. That's been the recipe for success since, you know, what, the last three, four or five years. Um, I don't, they have this thing where the D line is where they kind of start and end their team. Like that's, that's the stars of their team and you will not run against them. It's going to be hard to pass against them and they're going to run the ball and run the timeout. So the 49ers have their, their, their blueprint and, into it and he went out and got the best uh d lineman in free agency so you know i'm, I'm totally happy about that being a, a fan the rich just get richer there and i guess you can do that when you don't have a expensive quarterback you're right right now either yeah, a quarterback I mean, no we have three thank you very much don't disrespect our quarterback i not disrespect they're just awful hurt right now <laughs> but you got sam darnold there you go Hey, and, and Sam, we trust there in San Francisco. But speaking of San Francisco and quarterbacks on the move, arguably the best available quarterback <laughs> in this free agency. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but when Jimmy Garoppolo's name is mentioned among the top quarterbacks in any category, I have to believe that means the category is not very good. So I'm going to start with you, Major, here right off the get-go. Devontae Adams, stock up or stock down? I'm going to say down. Uh, Jimmy has never been a quarterback to throw to the outside receivers. He's more of a, a tight end, running back, slot-friendly quarterback. I don't know. Adams is one of those guys who demand a ball. So, you know, I, I'll say he'll have some stuff schemed up for him. So I'll say he'll probably have the same numbers he had this year. Um Unless Jimmy cat like Jimmy's streaky, like he can go, he can get hot and be great, or he can not get hot and be subpar. So we'll see. I'm just happy he's finally out of San Francisco. I've been calling for this for since he got there. Um, and shout out to uh damn, I forgot her name, but she drew Jimmy G every day till he got traded, and it was like 400 something pitchers. <laughs> of Jimmy G being drawn by this, this, this person. So shout out to her for doing that. And um, yeah, I think that's it, man. I, I, I want him to be successful out there because, you know, I, I have some shares of some players out there. So we'll, we'll see what Jimmy can do. And plus, it's, plus it's your team, Matt, you know, like you, my boy, that's, that's your team. So I kind of root for him too. That's my dad's team. So I, you know, I, I, I want them to be successful, but, you know, we and we got to give Derek Carr more respect. I see everyone talking about how this is a lateral move and how, like, you know, they didn't get better or worse. And I'm like, Derek Carr is a way better quarterback than Jimmy G, and people need to put respect on Derek Carr's name. I don't understand why we don't like Derek Carr. Hey, you're preaching to the choir here, man. You know, I banged that drum for Derek Carr. I've been banging that drum for two, three years. Uh, here's the key thing, though you cannot really put a good team out there, it seems unless you're the Kansas City Chiefs, when you're so highly invested in the quarterback position, it seems, right? right? These, we're talking about these teams that are making moves. It's usually based on a 
friendly quarterback friendly deal, usually coming out of a rookie year deal that they actually hit on. Well, Jimmy G's deal with the Raiders, he had that signing bonus of 11.25. His 2023 salary is 11.25. 2024, 11.25. And then 2025, it goes up to 22.5. But here's the kicker. It's really essentially a one-year deal right. or a two-year deal for him. So there's really no risk factor there to, for the Raiders. They could still go out there and they could still get themselves. If a Richardson, Strode, or Bryce Young dropped to seven, they could still get themselves a quarterback. And Jimmy G is just that bridge quarterback yet again battling it out with a young rookie quarterback. And we know how that typically works out there for Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, Tara, when we look at this, and I know Major was going to be biased here. That's why I kind of flipped the script here a little bit on the question asking, does Jimmy Garoppolo have a similar cast in Las Vegas than what he had in, I don't know, say San Francisco minus the George Kittle? Because when I wrote this question down, Darren Waller was still a Raider. So it kind of made a little bit of sense there. However, that's not the case. And I don't think, the Raiders are done tweaking this offense. I sure hope not. Uh, <laughs> yeah, with Waller, with Waller, I would say that it was similar-ish. Um, I think Brandon Ayuk is a better overall receiver than Hunter Renfro. So I think that the difference-wise, uh-huh. I don't think it would be that. Wow. No, I, but, hey, now, I'm, I'm You guys, you guys talk about Hunter like he's the next coming of, like, no, she said right. Renfro is a better route runner than Brandon Ayuk, but Ayuk is a better receiver. I'm not a I'm not a bias. Like I don't know why Major tries to act like I'm biased. I'm like the least biased person here. He's so biased for all his 50 teams. Um, <laughs> that shows I'm no, not. Like, I'm like, like yeah, exactly, Matt. Like <laughs> you're t- situation situationally biased. Um, yeah, Matt, he's the best route runner, but the overall better receiver is um, is Brandon Ayuk. But then you got Devonte Adams, which is you know a better receiver than Debo Samuel. So it, it kind of messes out. So it's a similar cast but um the big difference here is it doesn't matter if it's a similar or was a similar cast with waller um the coaching is drastically different so i don't think you can expect the you cannot expect a similar result here um wish jimmy g the best but i mean you you're escaping kyle shanahan's system where you were set up to succeed we'll see how this goes with josh mcdaniels hopefully he can i mean he knows jimmy g um, hopefully he can manage the game. I think what's going to happen here is that they're just going to lean more on the run. So stock slightly down for Devontae Adams, not a bailout on Devontae Adams because it's Devontae Adams right. as a whole. But um, really, this just benefits Josh Jacobs for me. Um, he thrived last year in this system, and I think they're just going to continue to do the exact same thing with him, maybe a little hey, bit more. But didn't Jimmy G have his best uh, years under uh, Josh McDaniels? Again, system and how much of that was also with Belichick. So I don't know. I I've, I've yet to see Josh McDaniels in his solo self produce a viable system for a quarterback. We saw Derek Carr genuinely struggle with it. So, Hey, if Jimmy's got it, I'm, you know, maybe this will change my opinion of Josh McDaniels, but if not, then I think that pretty much solidifies it. Yeah. Well, I think an interesting thing to this whole dynamic here when it comes to the Raiders free agency is this trade, we were talking about the Darren Waller kind of backing up here a little bit. This trade comes about 10 days after Darren Waller's wedding to Las Vegas Aces guard, Kelsey Plum. Now the timing, this is by Vic Tafar there, by the way. He's kind of plugged in there to the Raiders. He basically said, 
The timing is only interesting because Josh McDaniels accidentally leaked the news of the wedding to reporters at the Combine. Now, Waller, he was kind of upset with McDaniels when the Las Vegas Review Journal posted a story announcing the wedding was scheduled later the week as the couple had not publicly announced their plans to get married. So TMZ, move over. Raiders are got you covered here. We, we I don't know why I just shared that, but I kind of it just kind of came across no, my like timeline that. courtesy of Victor Fur there. So uh yeah, but to you, Matt, before you go any further, like can you try to put some of this together with the Raiders? Like when you get a new quarterback, you want to have like a tight end. That's like the safety net. You get rid of one of the best ones in the league. Um I don't think do they have the running back like his his contract is not done. He's not happy yet. Uh well they take Josh Jacobs there. He's gonna be making his eleven point one million or whatever, ten point one million this season. So he'll he'll be okay. Uh he's not gonna be happy that Darren Waller was let go. I can't imagine Devontae Adams is gonna be too thrilled about this whole thing either. But when you look at the tight ends that are still available, I mean they could bring back Foster Moreau, who filled in admirably when Darren Waller was injured which he was more often than not the last couple seasons. Now, let's not forget, this. unlike the wide receiver market, you can make a play for a couple tight ends here. Dalton Schultz comes to mind. He's going to be a free agent. Mike Gusecki was never a fit in Miami. He could be a fit for another franchise. Hayden Hurst, he could be a serviceable. We saw him being serviceable in a, a third, fourth kind of receiving option role there in Cincinnati. And, of course, Irv Smith Jr. is available. Maybe he flourishes there in Las Vegas. I don't know. These are some of the tight ends available that we might hear some news on here when free agency officially kicks off on Wednesday. Now, we'll back this whole thing up here a little bit because we got a lot of tampering to get to because a lot of moves are getting done. But no team was perhaps busier off the get-go than the Denver Broncos. I mean, between them, I mean, there was all kinds of moves that were basically going on. but. We'll come back to the Denver Broncos. I know you want to talk about Samaj P. Ryan, but I want to go back to Ryan Poles and what he's been able to do. We talked about the trade that he made, but what about the moves to help Justin Fields that don't necessarily show up on the offensive side there, or at least not the, the sexy part of the offense. They went out there and they got themselves Nate Davis, the guard there from Tennessee. Huge move, protecting that inside. Then they went out there and... Got a couple difference makers there. According to PFF, the fourth and fifth ranked linebackers last season in TJ Edwards and Tremaine Edmonds. Dude, Tremaine Edmonds is 25 years old. He's already played in the NFL for five years or six years or whatever number it is. It is absolutely crazy that he's available in free agency. Yes, Chicago, they let Roquan Smith go for basically what was second round pick there last season is what they traded him for. But they weren't going to get him the same price they got these two linebackers. Then again, they basically spent $91.5 million on linebackers. But, hey, if you've got the money, spend it. We saw Jacksonville do this last season. So before we move on, Tara, I'll give it to you here. Are we how, are we really loving Ryan Poles here and what he's been doing? Not only that trade there for getting rid of that first overall pick with DJ Moore, but these other moves that he's making. Everything except that uh, Chase Claypool move. Other than that, man, he's been on point. Chase is all right. Mm. <laughs> are, they, are these are these moves enough to make you forget you, about the Chase Claypool? Major, would you give an early second for Chase Claypool in Dynasty right now? 
Yes, I like Claypool. You would not. You would not just I like drop Claypool. it. You, you would, would not trade two hundred two for Chase Claypool. No, <laughs> I'd probably like two, two, eight, two, seven, something like that. You know. I need more like leagues But now, I mean, Chase is a you know he's a wide receiver three now, so I think he's going to thrive <laughs> in that uh, position. Uh, I don't know, Major. I don't know, but uh, what I do know is the next topic here we're talking about here. He's one of Tara's guys, and he's one of Major's running backs here that catches a lot of balls. So is he running back or is he wide receiver? I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> but Austin <laughs> Eckler, he wants to get paid. He wants to get traded, and the Chargers have granted him permission to seek said trade. Now, if Austin Eckler does find a trade partner here for the Chargers, Tara, what is the best fit for Austin Eckler for 2023 and beyond? I don't think it exists right now. I mean, prior to Miami re-signing literally everybody to a one deal, uh, one year deal, um, I thought, or not just one year, but um, I thought that Miami would be an interesting landing spot for literally anybody um, for the running back position. And then, you know, there's Buffalo as well that I know is always in the market for a uh, running back. But again, I just don't like that pairing of him and James Cook. And then the other thing that I thought would be a dark horse, um, and I guess it was proven right by the signing, um, I thought that Detroit would be a nice dark horse landing spot for him. But um, that's been taken care of now. So, so no, I, I don't really like anywhere, especially from a fantasy perspective for him. So I would just prefer that they just – they work it out because I don't see a fantastic landing spot for him at this point. I have three locations. I think that he should go to maybe like it might work. Chicago being one young quarterback, first year contract or, or, you know, rookie contract. You can pay, pay the running back a little bit. Nice check downs, safe player. I think that'll work out there in Chicago. Um, Montgomery just left. So there's an opening there. Atlanta, another, you know, it looked like they're going with Ritter out mm-hmm. there. Uh, he probably won't win anything, but that would be a good place for him to go to, like, try to get as much money as possible. And the third place I would like most, maybe the Saints. You know, Alvin Kamara still got some stuff going on there. Um, the Saints has a, I mean, he can plug right into that Alvin Kamara role and just kind of keep trucking. So those are the three locations I like for him. You know what? I would have agreed with the Chicago Bears one, but I don't know if I like uh, Austin Eckler playing in the cold all the time. I mean, I, I think there's that's going to be a bad thing. Atlanta, I don't hate as far as keeping himself a little bit healthy there. They got some other running backs like Tyler Algier could take a little bit of that load off between the tackles, and I think that could help him benefit him there a little bit. But we'll see how that all shakes out there. But I did mention that the Denver Broncos were making some moves too. They were probably one of the more aggressive teams off the get go there. And they addressed that offensive line there. Ben Powers at guard from the Baltimore Ravens. Mike McGlinchey, who you know they're from, the San Francisco 49ers at tackle. Then they addressed the defensive line there with Zach Al, one of the best pass rushers available in this free agent market. So how are we feeling? Let's talk about this offensive line here more than anything. Uh, Latavius Murray, Javante Williams, maybe another running back who we'll talk about later. How does this look for them with this upgrade of the offensive line major? Anytime you can upgrade your offensive line, the whole offense looks better. Uh, but for a running back, I, I would be happy. Um, I don't know what their plans are for Murray uh, long term, but you know, and if if they 
feel like Javante is going to be ready next year. Um, you know, it's always, it usually takes a year for a player to kind of bounce back from that type of injury. So, you know, I think that's why they went and did what they did. We'll get into that. But, um, yeah, anytime you upgrade your offensive line, I think that's like the blueprint since day one in football. Like it all starts with the offensive line and kind of trickles down. So, you know, they get more time to throw the ball. They get more time to run up. They get more open holes. Everything works out. So I, I like what uh, John Elway and those guys are doing out there. Is it John Elway or is it Sean Payton? Because this is a very similar <laughs> blueprint that Sean Payton brought to it with him to New Orleans. Sure. You build that center, you build that guard, especially when you have a smallish quarterback under center. You protect that inside, that's that far. interior, and you just spend like you – it's not your money, right? I mean, that's basically <laughs> what got the Saints in the position they're in now is spending a lot of money. Oh, Denver is doing job. the same thing. I'm not going to say it's going to end the same way, but I'm just going to say Sean Payton don't care about no money. He's going to go throw it out there, and then we'll be talking about this a little bit later. But, Terry, is this enough, what the Broncos are doing here with the offensive line, some of these other pieces that they're adding, is this enough to let Russ cook? (laughs) I mean, the important thing is they're trying. They're overpaying. Like we know that, but we've seen before that when you're, when you're a clear, like questionable destination, um, you got to overpay sometimes. But is Denver is Denver one of those destinations? I mean, you yeah. can smoke weed and go to like snow surfing, the well, snowboard. No, the city is fine. The city is fine. But yeah. when you watch what happened last year, even if you look at and you say Sean Payton's a great coach, you can you still look at that and say, I don't know, man. I'm a little bit skeptical of where all this is heading with Russ and if this is really something that is fixable so yeah i'm i'm guessing that people are a little bit skittish and you might have to do a little bit of convincing to help get them um over to denver yeah so yeah but i mean this is the right track i'm i'm still optimistic. i'm with you i don't think that javante williams is going to be ready i don't think that i'm very concerned about him i'm not looking to invest in him in a from a fantasy perspective this year in redraft so um I expect them to do something else at the position just because I don't feel like the first half is going to be very viable for him. Well, they did do something and we'll scroll down here a little bit <laughs> further down the show sheet. They went out there and they signed Samaj P. Ryan. Now keep in mind legal tampering. We've seen this with Frank Gore. Frank Gore is like the poster child for legal tampering. <laughs> just because you're signing air quote unquote, doesn't mean you're signing with said team. So Keep that in mind as we head into the actual official free agency. But for the most part, I'd say it's about a 95% accuracy here. So, I mean, Tara, the signing of Samaje P. Ryan, what does that mean then for Javante Williams? You kind of hinted at that. We don't think that Javante Williams is going to be 100% week number one, especially Latavius Murray still there. Now they signed Samaje P. Ryan, who we know is a competent running back in his own right. I mean, I was more hopeful that they'd be going out for someone like a Kareem Hunt, like a you know a high level pass catcher. But I think maybe this tells us that you know when we, we saw we saw juice from P Ryan last year, we saw you know solid you know pass catching ability. We know what he can do. So maybe they're looking at this and they're saying, all right, let's get us a stable, cheap veteran, bring him in. Maybe we're gonna X out Latavius Murray, and maybe they're just gonna invest in the draft because it is a deep class, so they can go out there and they can get themselves whatever they need, uh, maybe like a, a high level pass catching back um, in the mid rounds. So eh, it, it's okay. I can, I can see where they're going, but I was hopeful that we we'd see something bigger in terms of a signing. 
Well, Major was hopeful that the Cincinnati Bengals would have stuck with Samaj P. Ryan. So what does that mean for Joe Mixon and the Cincinnati Bengals, Major? I think Joe, we got to figure out his legal situation with, you know, out here <laughs> with the gunplay and all that good stuff. And, you know, his contract is a little inflated. And we all know that Cincinnati has some contracts coming up that they need to kind of figure that out. So I think uh, he's on the chopping block still. Um, but I did like Samaji out there. He showed, you know, when Mixon was out last year that he can actually play the game. I don't think we really got to see Samaji his whole career um, uh, up until, like, you know, when, when Joe got hurt last year. So, and I think Samaji can catch. He's a, he, he's, he's going to be a good uh, third down back out there at least. And, but I think he can be a three down back there uh, until Javante can, can get well. But, I don't know what's going on with Mixon's situation. I know they don't have any running backs on the roster currently, um, except for uh, what Travion Williams and uh, Chris Evans, maybe. So that's, you know, maybe they might be looking towards a draft or maybe they might want to keep Joe, but I, I just don't see them doing that with, with the amount of money they have to pay with, you know, the quarterback and all those receivers coming up uh, with contracts uh, next year or the year after. Yeah, I mean, it, it hasn't really been a market for running backs. Then again, it hasn't really been a market for wide receivers here. But one of the running backs that did, did find a new home is Rashad Penny there, who is now out of Seattle, which opens things completely open for Kenneth Walker. By the way, Travis Homer also signed or is signing with the Chicago Bears, a little bit of insurance policy, special teamer there in Chicago. But Rashad Penny going to the Eagles, which means Miles Sanders is probably not going to be there. So. Is this a good move for Penny, or is this a great move for Kenneth Gainwell, Tara? <laughs> uh, yeah, I feel that was uh, specifically targeted at me for a reason, maybe. Um, it's it's both. I'm going to handle it the exact same way that I handled um, Penny. Nice and play, Kenneth Major. Walker. Nice play. <laughs> uh, Penny, Penny and Kenneth Walker um, last year. You know, this is Penny will be excellent. And first of all, this is a again, this is a committee. This is not going to be the Rashad Penny show. This is a committee. It's just a good committee because they are so aggressively run heavy. Um, but I'm going to take, see, you know, hey, as long as the ADP doesn't shoot up drastically, Penny is going to be fine. And you can get your little discount with Kenneth Gainwell like you did with Kenneth Walker and just wait for the inevitable. I'm so sorry, Rashad Penny. <laughs> Hope wishing, you know, wishing you the best. But, you know, you have to kind of look at this in reality. And yeah, I think honestly, this isn't the worst thing for Kenneth Gainwell. Obviously they were not going to go with him as a lead back. I like this better than them going out and drafting somebody who more than likely will compete for touches the entire season. So where does that leave Miles Sanders? Where is he at now? Oh, he's gone. Yeah. No, 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 no. And he already said his goodbye on Twitter. I think he said like, thank you, Philadelphia, you know, for memories and whatnot. Um, so yeah, he's, he's going to be somewhere. That's going to be an interesting one to see. So, Major, Penny, Gainwell, who's the lead back there in Philadelphia? I say it's Penny. Like, he showed that he is a viable running back in his league when he's healthy. The thing has always been the health with him. Um, and, again, like, Gainwell is just – I hate to say it, being a smaller back myself, you can't. You just can't rely, you know, in the NFL with these uh, smaller running backs on three downs. These guys – 
these D linemen are running like four threes now and they're like 300 pounds running four threes. Like it's crazy. So, um, the, the, the amount of pound and the, that sounds crazy. The amount of, uh, <laughs> the amount of work that they have to do. I don't know how to say it, but yeah, he's, a. Uh, It'll be a lot for him to to do, and I think he's better as a you know switch hitter and a uh, damn that sounds bad too and a uh... <laughs> you always do this. But why is all the, the worst part, part is all the like remind... all about like sexual in the windows? Like what's that about? Why do you emphasize it though? No. <laughs> because I hear what I'm saying and I'm like, damn it. <laughs> I'm trying you to know what? I, I I apologize to anyone listening to this. I promise you that Major played college football at the College of the Canyons. It's a l- real thing. It's it's really thing. He, he knows running backs. It's just he can't apparently talk about them hitting a hole without going on. <laughs> no. yeah, you just got to watch what you say around these streets, man. What he just think? thinks it's a very sexy position. <laughs> it apparently. is a sexy position, but that's a good one. Actually, you get one of those. That might be your first one, but yeah. <laughs> So go from one sexy position to the other. We're going to talk about tight ends here. And Jordan Smith rated from the New England Patriots, an uber-athletic hybrid-type tight end, going to Atlanta, where they have another uber-talented hybrid tight end, except one of them, Coach Arthur Smith, actually likes. Tara. Yeah, there's, there's a silence there, a really awkward silence as we pivot into that, because why is Atlanta – bringing in Jonah Smith when they already have Kyle Pitts. Tara, make sense of this. Um, I mean, you make sense of it and the fact that they are possibly looking at running more two tight end sets. I mean, they used to, you know, technically, now I can't remember specifically when Kyle Pitts was active and the level of which they used secondary tight ends. But once he was gone, they used... Um, I think they rotated through three, honestly, a yeah. solid two, but maybe three. And yeah. so maybe they felt positively about it and want to continue that, but maybe upgrade it with someone that they feel like can put out a little bit more offensive production. Uh, you know, Johnny Smith is, uh, I mean, neither Johnny Smith or Hunter Henry really worked out together in right. uh, New England. And you can argue that that wasn't, you know, particularly their fault. So I can see where, you know, Arthur Smith can get, similar production that he was able to previously get out of John U. Smith. So this could be a good thing and not really a threat. I don't think it's a threat to Kyle Pitts, but maybe it's a direction that they're saying they would prefer to run with two tight ends versus um, making another significant investment at wide receiver. Yeah. I think Pitts uh, will play more slot. And I think John will play the more traditional role of the tight end, like the more blocking tight end. Um, you got a really young quarterback there. And I think you want to, you know, give him opportunity to be more successful with you have a stud right receiver and then you have a, a pretty I don't know I don't know hopefully they're thinking this way I think Cal Pitts is not really a tight end he's just a big guy that's a receiver so we might have to look at it that way kind of like a LeBron James playing like point guard type of thing you know what I mean so he might be a, pos- a positionless uh, player he just fast and athletic and and he's just really big so why not just make him a slot or outside receiver why not try something crazy you're gonna lose anyway so just go for it dang well <laughs> like well, they're, they're, they're gonna win come on come on now i don't like that desmond ritter slander I, and, man, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a ritter fan that's my guy <laughs> i have him in all my leagues but 
I, I hope he keeps that position out there, but like he's young, he's young, so we'll see. Well, speaking of young receivers, I guess I mean Garrett Wilson is to base is to Devontae Adams as Elijah Moore is to Randall Cobb. But is Alan Lazard still just Alan Lazard? We're bringing him to New York. I mean, this has all got to mean that we're going to get Aaron Rodgers there eventually. We've got Alan Lazard going to the Jets for about $11, $12 million per season. So maybe a little bit of an overpay. Aaron Rodgers going, hey, hey, hey take care of my guy. I'll, I'm heading over there. I mean, well, don't worry. Just take care of my guy. How are we feeling about the the Jets being the new Packers of the East. Oh, me? Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that was an overpay in four years. Mm. I mean, I know it's not four years, four years, but that's still right. quite a, in the guarantee. Um, yeah, that was some dedication right there. He's going. He's 100% going, and he's either announcing it tomorrow on uh, Pat McAfee. 1 p.m. <laughs> Eastern. Or he's going to go in there and not announce it and jerk some more chains until he gets a couple more Packers players signed. So, so, so Terry, here's a question for you. Do you think that the Jets are like going out and saying like, hey, I'm going to grab all your guys and have them here to try to entice you to come? Or you think Aaron Rodgers is already kind of in talks and like, hey, come and get my guys so we can, I'll, you know, let's do it that way. The latter. They're okay. already in talks committed and he's just saying I, I need you to get me these things i literally think that it's all that it is it's just his what, whatever they call it when like singers go to like the grammys and stuff and you got to have these things in your rooms like this, oh, this the, uh, writer the writer the writer, the writer. Yeah, yeah i think this is just his writer i think this is it. so they're just um doing that for him i think it's a done deal but hey whatever you know, you know what this is how he wants to roll y'all go ahead and do that more power to you i've changed my mind this is not the whole ace ventura interrogation scene this is now rocket raccoon in guardians of the galaxy saying he needs this from gamora he needs this from groot and he needs the man's prosthetic leg from quill el lazard is the prosthetic leg he has <laughs> no need el, aaron Rodgers is basically just asking for el lazard just for shits and giggles right now he does not need out you don't you've got gary wilson you got elijah moore you could have had Braxton Berrios, you could have had Corey Davis come back, but you just yeah, you all like small receivers. You like Lazard is a six five, like fast guy with hands. He's been injured and stuff like that, but he's a player in the market. Did you just mention like, Alan Lazard is fast? Yeah, the same not fast, he's not fast, but everything enough. else, uh, but everything else was accurate. Like, everything else was accurate. a four or five guy, isn't he? <laughs> no, he's He's not a burner, but I mean, he he's, he's a solid contested catch caster. He's been a, you know, excellent red zone target for Aaron Rodgers. So I, he, there's a, this is not like a random thing. Like it makes sense. The connection has been there um, when he's been healthy and a, you know, a lead target for Aaron Rodgers that it's, it's been good. So this is not a, it's not a waste. It was just a massive overpay, wildly unnecessary. Wildly. So what, what, what does a jet send back? In, in in that deal is, is that like is crossing Wilson, my fingers that it's Wilson, elijah moore elijah moore oh like who's who's going please please let it be elijah moore there. but it'd be hilarious if it's not because i, I can't i just like can't see that happening <laughs> but for those who are wondering i mean trey wingle's been there from the get-go he said this has been basically done since like terry said since friday this has already been 
agreed upon. I mean, the structure of the deal has already been kind of figured out. We know Aaron Rodgers, like you said, maybe he's going to announce it tomorrow. Maybe not. The one thing I know is he's not going to retire because then he'd have to share his enshrinement with J.J. Watt, with Tom Brady. And there's no way Aaron Rodgers is going to share his enshrinement with Tom Brady. It's not going to happen. You can put that on Aaron Rodgers. That's a great point you bring up, but every player thinks about that. That's not an Aaron Rodgers thing. That's an any player thing. Well, one player that we don't probably have to worry about that is David Montgomery ever making it to the Hall of Fame. Maybe he does, but you know where we do know he's going? He's going from Chicago to Detroit. Then that means, Major, what now for Jamal Williams? What are we going to do with Jamal? Where's Jamal Williams going? Uh, uh, I I like him in Buffalo, actually. I like him in Buffalo. I think that would be a good fit. Um, He's proven that he can play in cold weather. Uh, he's a goal line back at this point of his career. Uh, I think he will be a good, like, I don't know if he'd be the starter there, but I think he'll, you know, be a good rotational player there. So, um, yeah, let's, let's, let's give him to the Bills. I like that one because he does have a nice little YouTube uh, clip there, post-game interview, talking about Frozen and playing in the <laughs> snow. So we know he likes that. That's funny. Now, Tara, what does this mean now for David Montgomery? What does this mean for DeAndre Swift in mm-hmm. Detroit? Because Dan Campbell, apparently you don't like him all that much. At least that's the impression no. I'm getting from the outside. Not at all. They, I mean, they've made that very clear. This signing here, if, if they had done, I mean, David Montgomery, whatever you feel about his production and <laughs> lack of, you know, ex- he's like an average back. I know he's not like an excessively high level talented back, but he's a three down back and bringing in a three down back versus bringing in someone who is like a specific um, goal line back, like maybe like a Damian Harris, like this screams to me, like we straight up just don't want you here. We don't believe in you. Um, We don't like you. So no, I don't, I don't think this this is, yeah, this is not good for him. I think they tried though. I think they tried everything they could with him. I think they just need to part ways at this point. Yeah, it's like a relationship. You you work hard at it and it just doesn't work. Both people grow apart. Like sometimes it's okay to split. It's not always a bad thing. I don't think they tried, honestly. Last year was kind of like, I mean, to to the point where the only way DeAndre Swift could score, if you if you got to the 10, he knew, man, I better get in that end zone right now because there is zero way that they are giving me a goal line carry if i fall at the one i'm out um yeah no this is just a hopefully he doesn't have to sit there and play um second fiddle to david montgomery but they might make him do that unless they can find another um a viable trade partner which would be wonderful but um but yeah unfortunately this is but this is actually, I mean, this is a good landing spot for David Montgomery. There weren't a lot of good landing spot options for David Montgomery. And this one really creating itself um, bodes well for him. So I think this is a good thing for him. If you um, held on to David Montgomery too long in Dynasty like I did, we got bailed out. Congratulations. Um, <laughs> yeah. Jamal Williams out. Uh, I will throw out an interesting landing spot for him. Um New Orleans. They're finding ways to pay for stuff as they always do. Um, he would be an interesting one to put down there with Alvin Kamara, knowing that they have to have somebody that can um, be capable of filling a role while he's gone. And then somebody who can kind of fall in and play a role when he's back. So that's an interesting location in my opinion. 
Very reminiscent of when Latavius Murray there had some success down in New Orleans, similar with the Jamal Williams possibly stepping into that role. Now, a couple other little moves here. Jawan Taylor, he is going to the Chiefs. We know the Chiefs are probably down both their tackles. Uh, Andrew Wiley there, he's signed elsewhere. Orlando Brown is still a free agent. He's not going to go back to the Chiefs would be my guess. Case Keenum going down to Houston there. I mean, who knows? Davis Mills, maybe Bryce Young, maybe C.J. Strode. We'll see what happens there in Houston with that number two overall pick. A couple players leaving the secondary there in Cincinnati. Von Bell, he is going to Carolina. Jesse Bates, he's taking his show down to the Dirty South there to Atlanta to get the Dirty Bird on. And Josh Oliver going to Minnesota. Tara, is Irv Smith no longer a thing? They basically gave Josh Oliver three years, $21 million, And Irv Smith, he's like Millhouse there in the rain or playing Frisbee by himself. <laughs> yeah i mean he's a free agent there's no need for them to bring him back so yeah he's he's no longer a thing there but hey irv smith trucers we um never die never let go it can still happen how Maybe oh, we will ri- we will I, we will rise up him, Don't. i'm gonna be a raider so much just because that's matt's team and then like irv is your guy that would be like a perfect match for you guys to like have some great discord on this show you know what? I don't. I don't necessarily hate that. I really don't. I think that could work out. So we'll talk about that hopefully here next week's show if it does come to fruition. Now Patrick Peterson, he's coming to Pittsburgh because Cam Sutton, he's going to Detroit. Detroit's doing some kind of big moves there on that secondary, uh, for the most part. Sam Darnold is now the starting quarterback, week number one right now, penciled in in San Francisco <laughs> as Trey Lance and Brock Purdy are still not ready to go. But who knows? Maybe Trey Lance gets moved, Major. What does it mean for Lance? What does it mean for Purdy that Sam Darnold's going to be there? Nothing at all. I think it's just going to be a competitive uh, quarterback room. I think they're all going to be there doing their thing. You can't – there's no way you get rid of Trey Lance after you traded your whole future away for him. And then you got lucky and you hit on Brock. So it's like I don't really get why they did. I thought Brock and and, – and Trey was going to go at it in, in in camp, but like Tara said, maybe they're not, maybe they're not ready yet. Maybe they know something we don't know. Maybe the injury is going to take a little bit longer. And at this point in his career, I think that Darno is just a streamer at this point. He's he's one of those transition guys at this point, and uh, we'll we'll see what happens. But him being a starter quarterback, I highly doubt it. Unless this, the injuries are just so bad. Let's talk about some of these quarterbacks here. Sam Darnold, he's going to San Francisco. Andy Dalton, he's now replacing Sam Darnold in Carolina. Tyler Heineke, he's now going to Atlanta. These guys, Heineke, Dalton, they're getting some decent money as a backup quarterback here, probably backing up, you know, young, inexperienced quarterbacks there, which means Jameis Winston still couldn't find a suitor, and he's stuck in New Orleans yet again with Derek Carr making about $8 million per season. Now, Jacoby Myers... Now, I've been holding off on this one, holding off on this one, holding off on this one. Tara, we know what this means already for Darren Waller. He's gone. What does this mean for Hunter Renfro? Uh, I mean, we saw Hunter Renfro kind of fall into – I mean, Mac Hollins kind of surpassed him last year, and we wow. saw Renfro. Yeah. It was, I mean, Hollins was – No, he's, I'm with him. you. I'm surprised that Tara is saying anything bad oh, about Hunter. I, 
And that's not saying it's not bad to say that somebody surpassed you. Life happens. Somebody, you know, I'm sure somebody surpassed me today. It's okay, right? No one um, ever does that. What do you mean? You're <laughs> effing time. I don't know. <laughs> so, I mean, hey, this is not a knock to Hunter Renfro. So, yeah, I, I, I do think that Jacoby Myers will operate as the number two there. And I think it probably doesn't make a huge difference for Renfro. I think he's kind of going to operate the same way he did last season, maybe a little bit better um, because he was dealing with health issues that did hurt him last year. So um, this is fine. Now that Waller's gone, this is fine for Jacoby Myers. Um, I would have liked to see him somewhere where he didn't have to compete with a superstar, um, give him a chance to, you know, get out there with a, quarterback other than Mac Jones and show off. But Hey, this is, he got his money. This will do. I actually like it because I feel like he has a, like he has familiarity with the offense already. He, I think, I think Jimmy was gone, but it's the plug and play in, in, in uh, new England um, when it comes to that quarterback thing there. But I think He's going to have the one-on-one matchup all the time now because he's with a superstar receiver. But I'm a, I want I want to hear Matt's because I know this is your guy. You've been screaming his name for what two, three years now, and and now he's on your team. How does that make you feel? <laughs> it makes me feel the Raiders still need someone who can stretch the field. Devontae Adams is fine in what he does. Um, Jacoby Myers is not going to stretch the field. He's never going to be confused as a guy who's going to be a burner. We we know what he is. He is a slot guy. He's a target guy. The problem is Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller both play a very similar type role. Now, Waller can stretch the seams a little bit as a tight end, creating those mismatches. But I made that tweet earlier, and the reason I made that tweet is $11.1 million is what Darren Waller was making, and that's an investment that the Raiders were probably not too high on considering what the return of investment has been the last couple seasons. They paid him basically in good faith because he had a big season. He was well-deserving of that payday. Now, Hunter Renfro is an interesting one because he signed a two-year contract extension with the Raiders worth about $31.7 million. Now, Renfro received $21 million guaranteed of the salary and of that of that whole $14.5 million there. If on the roster on the third day of the 2023 league calendar, which happens to be Wednesday, which happens to be the first day of the official free agency frenzy kicking off, then Renfro will have his salary for 2023 fully guaranteed. And the mm-hmm. final two years of this contract are voided for salary cap purposes. So we could realistically see Hunter Renfro traded on the first day of free agency, that third day of the league calendar, to avoid having to guarantee his 2023 salary. I like it. And we know the Raiders will do it because they did this with Derek Carr already. So if you're looking at this, when I made that tweet saying, and or Renfro and Waller in references, Mm. this is why. This is a very realistic possibility, which means they're taking one step forward while taking two steps back, in my opinion, in trying to get this offense going. Do you think so? At least let's let's say Hunter stays. Do you think he can play outside receiver, or you, you think he's just a slot receiver? I, I think he can play outside. Do I think he's going to be any good? Probably not. I mean, that, it'll be a wide receiver three. Like I think you know, 
I think they can kick him out there. I think they can line him and Myers. They can take turns running the outside. But I think Hunter Renfro is more effective out of the slot. And putting him to the outside is a waste of what he brings to the table. You can't run the same routes on the outside as you can run on the inside. You don't have those two-way goes. You can't go inside and outside. You're basically limited when you're that boundary wide receiver. So I don't like him being a boundary receiver. I don't think he's got that in him. That being said, I, I'd love to see the Raiders mix guys up and even move Devontae Adams in the slot from time to time because he's going to create mismatches down there because of how athletic and how good he is. So I'm going to be interested in what the Raiders do here moving forward, more likely through the draft because, like we said, we look at this free agency. We talked about those names earlier on the top of the show. There's nothing there that's like, oh, you know what? He'd be a good fit for this team. Typically, burners get paid. I mean, get good, good money. Now, if the Raiders were able to bring a DJ Chark in mm. and then let Renfro go, then I could see where this direction was coming from because now you got a guy who could stretch the field opposite Devontae Adams and you got Jacoby Myers working the underneath. Isn't, we'll it ironic, isn't it ironic that the Raiders just – if you if you're fast, you're on the Raiders. And now look at their receiver core, and it's like everyone's like, I don't even think no one's running a four four. <laughs> that being said, we'll probably get McCool Hardman. Let's be honest. That's probably what's gonna happen. We'll I, I kind of like that. I kind of like that. boy. That's my guy. Yeah, I kind of like that one. So as we wrap up today's show here, we've hit just over an hour. Uh, Jimmy Ward, he's signing back with the Houston Texans. Signing back with D'Amico Ryans, which I wouldn't be surprised if we see more defensive players defect from San Francisco to join Ryans down the down the way there a little bit. And we also had Zadarius Smith. He basically told the Vikings he wants out. The Vikings said, whatever. Well, we don't care anymore. We're going to sign Marcus Davenport to go bookend the other side opposite of Daniil Hunter. So something to keep an eye on there. And again, the roundup here at the quarterback position, Jacoby Myers, uh, Baker Mayfield, Teddy Bridgewater, Gardner Minshew. Marcus Mariota, still available. Major, of those quarterbacks, who's the first one to kind of sign when free agency kicks off? Is Baker? Question mark? Yeah. So uh, I'm assuming it's going to be uh, – I think everything – I think people are going to wait and see what happens with this Lamar thing. I see some some teams make – you know, positioning themselves to, to, to get into this Lamar bidding war. So – uh, I think teams are going to wait to see how that falls to see where everyone else is going to go. But maybe Baker. Baker looked all right to me uh, towards the end of the year with the Rams. Again, maybe he – I don't know if he's a, a starting quarterback, but he's a good uh, fill filler uh, fill-in when, when you need one. But, yeah, that's that's a tough question. None of these quarterbacks to me are worthy of anything. I think there's going to be a, a sour market for them. All right, Tara, we talked about these wide receivers, Juju, Odell Beckham Jr., DJ Chark. Any of these wide receivers say, hey, you know what? I would take him. Where's a good fit for one of these guys? <laughs> uh, I mean, we know that uh, Aaron Rodgers wants Odell in, uh, the, in New York, apparently. So uh, I'll I'll take the easy way out and say that one. But right, Odell, Elijah, Odell in Dallas. Really. Elijah Moore getting traded back to Green Bay and the pack and the Jets sign Odell Beckham Jr. Tara, that's that's Tara's fantasy working out there. Now, major running backs. We talked about Jamal Williams being that next guy, maybe in Buffalo. But what about Miles Sanders? Devin Singletary's a free agent still. Donta Foreman, Carolina still hasn't officially re-signed him. Uh, Kareem Hunt, Damian Harris, Jarrett McKinnon. Who's the first of these guys to sign? Who's got the most value? I'm going to go with Damian Harris. He's still a young guy. He's a proven running back. He runs hard. He's he's that he, he's 
he has opportunity. I think uh, New England kind of stifled his potential. You know, they you have to do a certain thing or a certain way out there, and I think his game's a little more uh, more broad than than what he has shown, and he's still young again. So I I'm gonna go with with Damian. I don't know where to, but I, I like him out of those running backs you mentioned. Mouse Sanders, he's really good as well. Uh, Foreman, he's shown that he's he's viable. But I really like Kareem Hunt. I, I hope he gets the opportunity to go somewhere where he can kind of show, you know, his his running back one skills that he once had. Hopefully, you know, I think he paid his dues, I guess. I don't know what, what people think about that, but hopefully he gets the opportunity to kind of get his career back, you know. Well, there you have it. Major likes everybody, not just one guy. Mm -hmm. can't, can't, can't go with that. All now, brand. <laughs> right on brand right on brand we wouldn't have it any other way yeah, which right. is a really weird show day because Terry's taking shots at hunter renfro and major's backing damian harris i mean what is that going is on this week this is like bizarro here tara now give me some love for tight ends let's finish this show off because this would let's finish it the most bizarre way possible because we all know how much you love the tight end position you and how you value it in fantasy <laughs> Dalton Schultz, Mike Gusecki, Hayden Hurst, Irv Smith Jr., Foster Moreau. Who has the most value and who signs first? I am going to – we'll continue on the same trend. And I will say somebody that I had, didn't support at all last year and say Mike Gusecki gets uh, out of Miami, finds himself a nice home. And you want, you want a nice home? Hey, tune in every week to the Vipercast. This is family here. We want you to be part of our family, part of our home. And right. the best way you can do that, head to fantasypoints.com and get that subscription today because we are brought to you by the Fantasy Points Media Group. With that all being said, this has been the Dynasty Vipers Vipercast, episode 174. Tune in each and every week and make sure you're checking out Behind the Grind. Probably the best show that nobody knows is out there. Hear from your favorite analysts, their stories, and we have a little bit of contractually obligated football talk that we throw in there from time to time. So check that show out, and we will see you next week. Take care.